to four guys in a comic. It's a new year, and that means new spandex suits, and it's about time. Here's the freshest foursome, Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new year, and here we are, your ever-loved four guys in a comic. This is Red, and I have with me, go ahead and man, introduce yourselves. Iron Man, introduce yourselves. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right? I so, am I'll, Iron Man. Also, no. I'll, I'll redo tap. that. I'll redo that intro. I'll redo that intro. If it was that blurred, okay, maybe I might have too much Jameson tonight. I don't know. So, anyways, <laughs> welcome everyone to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. It's a brand new year, but you got all of us with you again. This is Red, and I have with me Tap. Tap. <laughs> Sorry, tap. Tap. It's a rusty <laughs> surfer. Rusty. And a Nova. <laughs> and a Nova. Rusty crunch, yes. crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm just crunch, crunch, shell shocked because I was I was just pulling something up to look at it. Um, I just thought the. Does anybody even want to take a guess as to what the first appearance of the Spectre goes for? Uh, Keep in mind, he's a Golden Age character. His first appearance was more, uh, more fun comics issue fifty two. More fun comics issue fifty two. First appearance. Well, so I say I was going to say two fifty five in a fine condition. Two, I say um, four hundred for uh, fine. And Nova, what did you say? Two hundred. Oh, fellas, you guys are all way off. According to comicbookrealm.com, that issue is worth $170,000. Holy snap. So Hold I on, will I might have that my PayPal this minute. <laughs> I will not be owning that issue. <laughs> that's what that, that's what that just told me. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to look up some Spectre issues real quick." And uh yeah, yeah. no, I will not be owning that issue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> oh, man, but you know, throughout throughout this podcast, we have talked about so many different things. Heroes, villains, issues, cons, you name it. But I think there's something we have overlooked this whole time. Uh-oh. One important little thing. Comic now, clothing. Th- no, nah, we've, we've even <laughs> talked some comic clothing, okay? I mean, we've even dipped into my thongs. But come on, there's Jesus. one thing that we've missed. Well, I don't know if we right, I'm going to throw some, na- throw thongs, some names right? out there, all right? You tell me what these names have in common, all right? Dick Grayson. War Machine. Sidekicks. Bucky Bar- That's it. Sidekicks. <laughs> We've never really got s- into the importance of a good old sidekick. The unsung say- hero of the comic books. The underage boy of the comic book hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's gone through a I lot don't of get into them, over the year. I don't want to get into them, please. Wait, you, you don't want to talk about little boys? <laughs> No, no, no. That's not even. Yep. Nope. We're good. The, the some of the ones that have come and gone may make uh, no cry a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, come. Okay, we'll talk about little girls. I'm a jubilee. There's no, a sidekick for you. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> Red's wording is freaking me out right now. <laughs> next week on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next week on guys four guys in a comic. We'll be broadcasting it's... from prison. <laughs> No, but really, sidekicks, the unsung uh, champions in comics, really. They've gone through so much, especially look at Robin, okay? Good example right there. Mm. How many Robins have we had now? Well, it depends on if you want to dip into the alternate universes Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But if you did and you want to include all them, I think, what, six-ish? Nova, does that sound about right? If you include Carrie Kelly in them, it's like we're on six. Five, six? Five for sure. Yeah, maybe it's, six. It's up I don't there. know if we really Actually six, yeah, because there was um there was a little <laughs> stint when there was some blonde girl as Robin. I don't remember yeah. who it was though. Uh, Carrie, was Stephanie Brown about... or Yeah, wasn't it Carrie Kelly? Well Carrie Kelly was in Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. I mean like Canon there was Oh. I think it's is it it is Stephanie Brown, isn't it? Yeah, well, she became spoiler. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she was Robin at one point as well, and then mm-hmm. Tim Drake got like jealous or something. And then he said, "Hey, yeah. you." It was her. Yeah, it was definitely sitting her. over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Get up out of your chair. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's been tons sure. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot so, of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, what have been some of your favorite sidekicks over the years? 
of comics. Bat might. Bat might. <laughs> I know you're gonna say that. I love Bat might. He's funny. I've, He's I've more of a nuisance than a sidekick, uh, but uh, you know, being a lover of the Flash. I mean, come on, yeah. Kid Flash. Kid Flash, exactly. Kid Flash, you know, grows up to be Wally West. Well, there's been a lot of Kid Flashes as well. Yeah. Well, to me, the, the true Kid Flash is Wally, I guess. I was going to say another really cool one that didn't necessarily, he started out as the sidekick, but uh, um, Bucky Barnes turning yeah. into uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. And then eventually well, yeah, turning into Captain America. Yeah. And if you think about it, it actually was like, you know, Steve Rogers was kind of like Bucky's sidekick until he got the Infinity Formula and then became the hero. And then Bucky turned around and became his sidekick until he turned into Winter Soldier and kind of, yeah, went on his own course until he was a sidekick again and then off again, then on again and on again. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like Speedy. I think he's all right. Red Arrow, whatever you want to call him. Uh, a really interesting sidekick that I think, you know, we've mentioned on the show a few times, but a lot of people may not know he's a sidekick. Uh, You're talking about Roy, Roy, Har- Roy Harper? Well, I was, yeah, with Speedy. Yeah, but, um, yeah Roy Harper. No, Hydra Bob is actually considered yeah. a sidekick of Deadpool. Yeah, he is. So that's um, a fun little one. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, obviously, but it's a fun yeah. little sidekick fact. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, one that gets overlooked a lot is uh, Foggy Nelson. Foggy, yeah. Cool. Hey, yeah. you consider well, Deadpool. Dare, sorry, Daredevil has a has a new sidekick now. I don't remember what his name is, but he's that dude who like has an invisible suit or something. Maybe yep. Rusty, you'll know better than me. No, uh, I haven't kept up on uh, Deadpool in a while, man. No, Daredevil. 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 Oh, Daredevil. Yeah. No, I haven't kept up on Daredevil in a while either. Man. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. No, but I don't recall his name, but I do know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um. Well, Hawkeye, there was always, like, the two Hawkeyes. I think uh, the female one was the main one, was uh, Clint's sidekick. I'm just trying to find obscure ones that maybe a lot of people sort of forget. It's you know, interesting. Oh, go ahead. You know, a really obscure one, though, that I think that we all kind of dig, but most people don't think of, is Pip the Troll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pip, well, you can man. Same thing, same thing go along lines with Crypto. And yeah. Ace. Well, if you do crypto, then you got to mention Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of Bizarro as Lex Luthor's sidekick when he creates him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could bite off on that. Yeah. yeah. Somebody um, actually asked Rusty. You're, you're okay. You tell us, Rusty. This in your professional opinion. Someone mentioned this in one of the rooms. Is Silver Surfer a sidekick of Galactus? Um, mm. as a herald, he is. Yeah. So you would yeah, give, you is, would give him that one? Yeah, I would give him that one, but it would have to be mm-hmm. early Silver Surfer. Now, you know, he's completely anytime he's been independent since like mm-hmm. issue 50. You know, I don't really consider him a sidekick, but I would say 48 through 50, he's definitely a sidekick in Fantastic 4. So for that mm-hmm. that little arc there, you would you would definitely say so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially being his introduction and stuff. I mean, he had more of a uh, major role in the uh comic arc. But uh, he was, all in all, just a, like, pawn of Galactus. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, one... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm hoping maybe you're on the same track as me. Well, I was going to say one unsung sidekick that gets overlooked a lot, in my opinion, is uh, Dum Dum Dugan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he he was... uh, you know, Sergeant Fury's sidekick. He was his number one. And, you know, in all those issues of Sergeant Fury, he was there. And, you know, you don't see him too often in comics. I mean, he was in a couple issues of Amazing Spider-Man, a couple issues of, uh, uh, let's see, uh, what was it? Um, Battlefront, Battle Lines. And what else was there? Uh, uh, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But not too much. He just kind of Slowly dwindled away. Now, um, Red and Tap, you guys will know this one. When I say uh, Mark and Oliver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Invincible, man. Rusty's like, as soon as you're not included. As soon as he's not included, Rusty's like, it's Invincible. 
Oh, I know that from the dang uh, issue, what was it that we read, where uh, Battle Beast got, like, annihilated, basically. Uh-huh. I know he cut I himself open and screwed it. himself, but, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think one of the most popular ones around the, these days is uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, I don't even talk about her. <laughs> yeah. I don't. But Gina, I, I, I was she, a she's a fan, fan favorite out there I, with a lot of females. She, we well, could, she was could, a fan favorite among everybody up until, in my opinion, Amanda Connor and Jimmy got their hands on her. I'm not. I don't really like what they've done with the character lately. A lot of people still dig it and more power to you, but it's just not meant for me. I was going to say, if that is the. the um... If that is like you know the idea with uh, her is Deadpool considered a sidekick with Cable? Back in the Cable yeah. Deadpool series, he was for sure. Yeah, you know? I mean Cable was even billed in that book before him. It wasn't Deadpool and Cable; it was Cable right. and Deadpool. Cable and Deadpool, of course, alphabetical as it should be. <laughs> well, that's because Deadpool's also the sidekick. Yeah, does that make Superman? The sidekick of uh, Batman? Yeah, the Batman-Superman series. They're partners. They're yeah. partners. <laughs> They're not sidekicks. <laughs> <laughs> Soon as you start like saying Falcon. Superman's a sidekick, <laughs> no, nobody's got know, something no, to say. Like, no. no, no, no. It's like Falcon <laughs> and Captain America. I wouldn't consider Falcon a sidekick of Captain America. They're, you know, they're partners that work together. Same with Cable and Deadpool. You guys said sidekick, not me. <laughs> but you know, you want to, I want to go back to Robin real quick. Now we said that there's officially like six, in, uh, but if you go by canon, exactly how many do you think there are in canon? Five. You go canon. Five. Five. To me, the only other one that um, hero that comes close to that with sidekicks is take a shot in the dark before I spit it out. Okay, so it's obviously not Robin. Um, huh. There is another hero that's gone through a few sidekicks. Now, are these sidekicks all going by the same name? They just keep changing who's under the cowl? Kind of, sort of. Uh, I'll give you... I'll, 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 it's, all, it's, all, it's DC. I'll, let you, I'll give you that much. All right, DC. Uh, I don't know, the Flash. I wouldn't think Aquaman. it'd be the Flash. Aquaman, that's it. What? Aqu- really? He had, them he had two two Aqua Girls and Aqualad. I was like, how many Aqualads has he had? <laughs> hey, he went for the he went for the the Aqua Girls. Yeah, I mean, I guess, still I'm not that yeah. savvy, I guess, on Aquaman apparently, because yeah. I did not know that he had Aqua Girls. Yeah, that must have been like super old. I haven't seen yeah, Aquaman uh, with the sidekick for a long time. We're talking. We're going back to Silver Age. Yeah, you know, there was yeah. the first Aquagirl, Tula. Um, I'm looking yeah. here. It appeared in Aquaman 33 back in 1967, and then Aquagirl uh, that was uh, Lorena. I can't remember the, na- the last name. Uh, that was I, w- I want to say. Sidekicks age don't have or last current name. age? Yeah, I know. I just can't remember. That was so long ago. That's around the time when I kind of started phasing out of Aquaman. Yeah. Then, of course, you know, Aqualad. But uh, who knows? I mean, does, I haven't been reading the Aquaman in the New 52. Does he have a sidekick currently? Uh, he's just got his, his girl. Well, his, yeah, his I mean, fiance. his fiance is kind of like his sidekick. Mirror. She is she's his kind partner. Of, she's... She's she can kick more ass than him in most cases. Well, man. she like, did whoop some <laughs> Superman ass, so uh, yeah. I guess she's no, she's no sidekick. Yeah, no. It's, um, uh... Yeah, I mean, I think I think in order to be a sidekick, we should set some ground rules here. You sort of have to be getting mentored by this other person. It's not like so we work together. So you're fair enough. Oh, okay, so if that you say that, said... then are all of Charles Xavier's students yes. sidekicks? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I, sure. I, I don't. I don't know. They're his minions. They're more. They're more so his minions. He's just <laughs> his minions. Them all. I like and, that. And then if you're going to say that, then the other one would be. Um, the, and, and this is new. Uh, Cyborg now has what do they call it? Variant uh, or what? Well, was it? I mean, the cliffhanger at the end of that issue. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> For those but, of you, you know, reading Cyborg. Think- you know, going by those ground rules too, Elektra. Uh, she was be- she was mentored by Daredevil in the beginning. 
I think I don't know if she was. I think he taught her to be because she initially was like a ninja. Like she wasn't. He didn't necessarily like. Okay, well, in that case, then was Daredevil a sidekick of Stick? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, it's sort of like now. I don't think so though because. Doctor Strange is the sidekick of the Ancient One. Yes. I don't know. See, if you, you go gotta by be, the okay, theory side of... you got to be getting mentored and going on adventures with them, not just getting Okay, okay. So <laughs> okay. now oh, we're altering that, that one. Bill doesn't narrow it down super well, well but I mean... Xavier, they still have the X-Men. He still is... All the X-Men he's are his sidekicks. Yeah, because yeah. he, he's going on adventures <laughs> with them. We could say that Wolverine is the ultimate sidekick right now. <laughs> well, he kind of is. <laughs> he won't die on you. It'll He'll always be there for you. Yep. Oh. He'll get the job done. He's the best he, there is. So, and I, yeah, what was that? Uh, I'm having trouble having to try to remember the one uh, sidekick from a Spawn. Uh, Ant. Nix. Nix. I don't know if I've ever gotten that far in Spawn. I don't think I've gotten that far. All in right, spawn. that's like eventually uh, I will. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah, so like around the one. Oh yeah, I'm not that oh, yeah, I haven't broke the one hundred mark. Man. I'm not even All that right. close. Okay. All right. Yeah, but she was Spawn sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, talking about sidekicks, if you could be a sidekick for a major hero, who would you like to be a sidekick for? Hmm. Do I have to share the same abilities that they have? No, we have all sorts of. Di- You're just a sidekick. Well, you have any ability. Would you consider Human Torch and Spidey a sidekick at one point in time? <laughs> Yeah, I think they're just collaborators. <laughs> they were just team-ups. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just, just collaborators. If they, you uh... ask Johnny Storm, though, Spidey was his sidekick. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Well, and vice versa. Yeah. What about Gambit and Deadpool? Would they be sidekicks, or would they be partners? They'd be partners. I think that one was partners. Mm. Come on. All right, so Let's who, see. if I... Okay, so who would I... Who would I choose? God, that's tough. Ooh, no, it's not. Hellblazer, Constantine, John Constantine. Uh, that'd be a, it'd be an interesting uh, mentor to have. I would die. I would for sure die. Because everybody that he's ever cared about and or sidekick. Cause like, Chaz was his sidekick for a while. Yep. And yep. Uh, they all die. Everyone dies. So, uh, yeah, he's making Chaz's wife leave him, leave his house and stuff. And yeah. Leave temporarily crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, Asshole. he's not a nice guy. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't choose him. <laughs> yeah, like your life's gonna fall apart, man. <laughs> In hindsight, maybe I shouldn't choose him. Yeah, God, he'd be a lot of fun though. I think you know, and this is the stereotypical answer from me, but Silver Surfer would be a fun person wah, to sidekick wah, wah. for. Why would that not be fun? You just get Rusty to travel wants around to, the universe. Rusty wants to be uh, what's her name? Dawn is that her name? Dawn. Yeah. I'm yeah. Be the Rus- next Rusty Dawn wants to be Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to a world where we play poker for memories. <laughs> well, I okay. Well, I thought about this in my head because the first thing that popped in my head is obviously Thanos, and I was like, no, screw that. Never want to be the sidekick to Thanos ever. Because you're going to die. Right. You're, yeah. you're going to sacrifice right off the bat. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't have sidekicks. Exactly. Yeah. And Taking so the then I was like, all right, Adam Warlock. And then Adam Warlock, uh, well, it depends on the time period, I guess. If you want to hang out with Pip and Gamora and, you know, Drax and all them, that would be okay. <laughs> then I you're guess. still running to Thanos, right? You're still running to Thanos. <laughs> Not good with that. But, I mean, um and then I thought Silver Surfer, and Silver Surfer's never really had any kind of sidekick whatsoever in, like, any series, really, mm-hmm. until Don Greenwood came along. So, I mean, the idea behind it sounds pretty cool. You get to go mm-hmm. travel and see the endless reaches of space. Mike Allred, mm-hmm. paint me like one of your French girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... Um, you know, I thought... Okay, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, Captain no, no, Marvel no. would be a good second choice. Yeah. I'll leave, that one. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, I think he's talking about the the male one. Either, either one, way. either Captain one would be Marvel, Carol or uh, Marvel. Either one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'll just go and say I think Green Arrow would be fine. It doesn't seem like he gets into the craziest adventures. Like I don't, I don't know. Looking at all these DC heroes that I I love reading about, but 
think about if I'm going to be the sidekick here, I'm just going to be another Jason Todd. So, um, yeah, I think Green Arrow would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Oliver seems like a chill guy. I just love fighting the power and all the fascists out there. Mm-hmm. Archery is cool, too. He's I would pretty, be the sidekick of the nice. Spectre. I would want to go. Nice. I, I'd be with the Spectre. Of course. I would go put the wrath of God on evil men. That's what I would do. Oh, no. That's cool. Jumping ship from Constantine. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, worse Constantine's than kind of the same thing. He fights evil. He's just an ass about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the Spectre's kind of a jerk, too, at times. Yeah, why is that with me and jerky characters? They're three-dimensional, man. They are. You, you can go depth. be a Spider-Man's uh, sidekick. Ooh, that would be a good time. I would have a lot of fun mm-hmm. being Spidey's sidekick. Yeah. Be Everyone could relate yeah. to it, at least. Carry me, Spidey! Yeah, no, that would be... Carry me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't carry me like Gwen. Don't. Carry me like Barack Obama. <laughs> Don't catch me like Gwen, either. Yeah, Don't no. Don't take me to any bridges. Yeah, let's not go to bridges, Spidey. Oh, you're going to the bridge? I'm going to meet you over here. I'll, I'll be over here at the Baxter building. We'll, we'll meet up later. <laughs> that reminds me, I saw a panel the other day. It was... Uh, Somebody was dropping a cell phone, and Spider-Man quickly caught it. And the person that he caught it for said something like, "Well, how come you couldn't catch Gwen that quickly?" <laughs> Ouch! I thought it was hilarious. Ouch! Okay, so one that I'm excited about, just because of his modern stuff, I guess you could say, would be a cool mentor to uh, Magneto. If you want to go the villainish kind of route. And not okay. get killed, probably. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, it's, I have been debating this all day. Can't really <clears throat> nail one down. You know, the, the top of my list, though, it seems to be The Flash. I would love to be a psychic for The Flash because that means I have tapped into uh, <clears throat> the speed force or I've taken velocity and angle, whatever it might be, and I've got some speed. And that would just be a cool power to have. Um. And he really doesn't get into too bad adventures, but they would be fun adventures. Now, I've also looked into other ones like Deadpool. That would be just fun. <laughs> this is the crazy stuff. It would just be – every day would just be comically fun. <clears throat> but then I also look at Sergeant Fury, you know, because I'm a huge Fury fan. And this be – that would be kind of cool too. But in the end, I still think probably maybe my number one choice would end up being a sidekick for The Flash. That should be fun. Mm-hmm. You'd have to have and... something similar to him to where you could keep up with him, though. Well, yeah, because obviously I would if I was a sidekick. Yeah. Okay. You want to be super fast? Is that what yeah. the Red Skull has always wished all his life, that he had super speed powers? No, I wouldn't say all of his life, but it would be just be a fun power to have. Okay, well, we uh, know next arc of X-Men, Red Skull uh, goes after the, what is it, Quicksilver for his speed powers. Mm -hmm. But I I just noticed one thing. Nobody, nobody here brought up Batman. (laughs) No one wants to be little boy Batman, so. Nobody wants to die. (laughs) Yeah, I don't well, I guess I had a death wish for a minute with my picks, but then I had to rethink them. Uh, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, let's just, let's just stay away from the Cape Crusader. That's just a, a bad call for a sidekick. Anyways, gentlemen, it's probably time we go ahead and move this over to a really cool interview. Our first interview for the new year. Sounds like a plan. Wow, wow, wow. All right, guys, it is Rusty Surfer with four guys once again bringing in another interview portion of our podcast. And today we have a very special guest, the writer from Squarriors, Ash Matsko. Hey, Ash, how are you doing? How's it going, guys? That was pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. (laughs) Oh, man. So, Ash, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and... uh, you know, give us the rundown. What do you do? 
right, yeah, I'm Ash Masco. Uh, I'm the writer, creator of Scoriers. Uh, I am in the very frigid tundra right outside of Chicago at the moment, uh, talking to you fine fellows. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I write Scoriers. I write some other projects. I run a local con here in Chicago uh, doing the Scoriers card game. Uh, you know, I'm super into pop culture things, you know, with regards to uh, comics and movies and TV and junk. So I'm hoping we can kind of fit all that stuff in today. Looking forward to talking to you guys. Very cool. Very cool. So what, how did you start off with writing? Um, I saw in the back of uh, one of the issues of Scorriers, it kind of gave like a rundown of, you know, you've been writing since you were a small child. But what really kind of made you go, all right, that's it. I'm putting this down on paper. Scorriers is going to happen. Let, let's do this. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, as pretty much as long as I can remember, I liked writing. I liked comics. You know, I wanted to make comic books. Uh, I remember like being really intrigued, you know, looking through like the issues of previews, you know, in the early nineties and stuff and just seeing just these lists of thousands of comics. And, you know, it was, it was always just kind of this dream that someday I just wanted to be listed in there. You know, I didn't care if it had a picture. I didn't care how famous the book was, but just to be included with, you know, these, all these great writers and artists and all these things, you know, I just kind of wanted to like be some little footnote in the scene and I did. I did a lot of writing all the way up through high school. You know, little comics me and my buddies would make and everything. And I pretty much took a big drop off after I graduated. Got really into music. Did a lot of touring with bands and things like that. Uh, and really didn't pick up the writing thing again until uh, I met Ashley. And started working with her. And uh, I, I think the how Scoriers itself came together is kind of a whole other story, but you know that's that's sort of where like the writing became interesting again, and I kind of found myself putting down ideas and collaborating with Ashley, and you know trying to find a little place for me to, you know, write some things and work with her, and I don't know, just kind of have our own little project, you know, at least as on a, as a side thing. You know, that was always the the initial, you know, idea. Very cool. So, for those that don't know, there's currently five issues out of Scoriers, correct? And you're going to have an issue six is going to be dropping here really shortly, from what I understand. Is that yeah, right? that should be. Yeah, it's already long out of our hands. Uh, publisher, I, I think by now, has already sent it out to be printed and everything. Uh, you know, so it's just whatever the turnaround is at this point, you know, especially with the holidays and everything that it gets printed and ends up in stores, I imagine a few more weeks. But uh, yeah, that is uh, summer number two, and yeah, that'll be in stores pretty quick. I was say, so the way you guys do it is it's uh, it's seasons. So like it's yeah. like four issues per season is kind of how it's been played out so far. Is that right? Yeah, that's that is the plan. Even going forward, I imagine that's going to be kind of the the way we do the whole anthology of everything. It'll be four issues at a time, each with a season, each kind of with a theme, and then an overarching. Uh, an overarching story that still goes across all the seasons, but you know each each season itself is also kind of a standalone story. For those that haven't had a chance to read it, can you talk a little bit about uh, what it what it is? Uh, what is Scoriers? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I guess the, <laughs> the the quick pitch you know that I always give everybody is that uh, you know after the kind of falling off of man, uh, and actually 1986, man dies off. The same thing that kind of kills off man uh, gives all the little woodland creatures intelligence, and it's kind of their turn to inhabit the planet in this post-human world where, you know, they're just still these little creatures. Well, some are bigger and smaller, but, you know, there's mice and rabbits and cats and squirrels, obviously, and they're kind of struggling to survive and also kind of, you know, you know, they've got this newfound intelligence and this new freedom of thought and expression and emotion that they've never had before. So they're kind of dealing with that as well as dealing with creating tribes and wars and religions and all these things. And again, in this, you know, in this world where the the, the shadow of man is still there, there's still buildings and technology and all these things around them, but, you know, they, they haven't developed enough to really understand it. You know, so it's these this primitive civilization living in this technologically advanced world, you know, for the late eighties. <laughs> now me personally, I'm, I'm glad squirrels are finally getting their due. I've always loved watching them run around on trees, chase each other. They're just great to watch. And, um, but I love them. I'm, I'm glad you guys decided to eat squirrels. 
that that was you know a big inspiration right there is i mean I, i'm an animal lover of all sorts you know i love all animals uh but there was always this thing, you know, I, I always hear people, you know, kind of dismiss squirrels, you know, as rodents or tree rats, you know, and all these things mm-hmm. and kind of part of creating this this world and using squir- or squirrels as sort of a focal point, you know, was the hopes of, you know, giving a people like a different view of these creatures and these animals. And it's worked, you know, I, I get a lot of people who show up to shows and talk to us about the book and, and they do, they, they have this new love for for squirrels that they never had before, you know, but they never even noticed them. And now they love them. You know, every time, you, you know, they see a, a squirrel out in the wild, they think, oh, that's a squirrel. Oh, he's, he's, he's fighting for his life and he's, he's doing this and he's looking for food. And, you know, I can't tell you how many squirrel videos we get sent to us a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, so aside from the interesting story and concept, uh, also the art in it, um, as you mentioned, Ashley Witter, is just absolutely phenomenal as well. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible because for the way that the art's done, the animals still look very realistic. It doesn't look like cartoony or anything, but you have these you know, squirrels and things running around with like swords and bows and arrows and, and whatnot, and it's just absolutely incredible the way that she was able to incorporate like the anthropomorphicness of you know these characters it was really 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 well done well that was a big you know question we kind of like started out with this you know was uh (laughs) we really kind of did this backwards you know i kind of came up with this concept of scoriers and we went right into kind of like thinking about what the art would look like and everything there was no story there was no names of characters we didn't even know what the heck it was it was just this name scoriers you know what is that and Ashley and I bounced around with ideas, you know, is this something funny and cute? Is it cartoony? And uh, the, the more I was rolling ideas around in my head, even though the name was sort of tongue-in-cheek sounding, I started getting this this really vibrant, violent image in my head of, like, what life for little tiny creatures is really like, you know, even now without, you know, the human reasoning and rationality, just being a little mouse, you know, in this huge world of cats and dogs and everything and just this incredible epic life they live you know just this these little creatures (laughs) with this danger around them constantly and it did it started leaning more and more to like wanting to have this really realistic you know look to it and ashley being an incredible artist you know it was just like yeah let's just let's just go full out you know let's paint the images let's make it as raw and as real as we can make it but then we have to carry it on to every panel you know i didn't want to be i didn't want to be another artist alley book that had a really great cover then you open up the inside and it looks like an eighth grader drew it, you know, in his art class, <laughs> you know, as a project. And I wanted people to be excited and impressed with every single panel. Uh, and then, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, it looks, it becomes a great looking book, but of course, you know, we can only put out, you know, three issues a year. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, with that, you know, it's like we, we do, we, we hope to not ever let anybody down with that. You know, we, we try really hard to make sure that every panel, every page is just beautiful. Ashley spends tons and tons of time working and painting on it. And, you know, I hope that when they pick up Scoriers, you know, they, they look at it as something a little special, you know, compared to maybe some of the other books that they get, you know, twice a month. I mean, now, most most European, just wanted to say this, most European comics are like, you maybe get one, you know, one book, they call it, per year just because the artist spends so much time. So, I mean, you definitely see the results here as well. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's unique and it just looks incredibly, incredibly detailed. And there's a lot of love clearly put into it. Yeah, there is there is a lot of love and there's a lot of, you know, just grinding. I, you know, of course, for Ashley, it's like she's pretty much chained to the desk, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, I can put together a script in a couple of days, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, and then it's just under her for three months of drawing. <laughs> so it, all of it, you know, all the, the accolades have to go to Ashley. I mean, you know, Scoriers would be a, a fun idea and a fun story, but without her art, it would, I don't think it would even get noticed. Yeah, no, her art's definitely really amazing. Um, so amazing that I see that uh, last October at Breast City Games, you guys uh, started a Scoyers TCG. Right. Uh, actually, we've been working on that. Jeez, it's been over a year now. We've been working on the uh, on the game. Uh, we did we did a alpha test at a local shop that was Breast City Games a couple of uh, months ago now, I guess. Uh, 
yeah, that was just you know, that was just another love of mine. I've always, you know, along with making comics and stuff as a kid, I always loved the idea of making games. You know, I would make mm-hmm. uh, card games all the time out of like decks of cards. Long, long before there was magic or anything, I would take decks mm-hmm. of cards and write little abilities on them and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, that was sort of part of my ultimate thing with Squarriors was to release this comic and then have some kind of corresponding game that you could get that would sort of go along with the comic, you know, every mm-hmm. season or whatever. And so yeah, that's a whole other project that I'm working on. So <laughs> kind of diving into that, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Like how is, is yeah. it going to be, I'm assuming it's not like a digital game. It is a physical game. Is that it right? Is a, it is a physical game though. We are working on a companion that you can play it online at kind of at the same time. Uh, they won't launch at the same time, but we're kind of trying to implement a lot of these things as we go along. Uh, but it is a physical game. It will be a physical game first. Uh, it is a, I guess, what you would if you follow Fantasy Flight. You know, it's what they call like a living card game, where you know we're not going to mm-hmm. be selling like booster packs. You just kind of buy the game itself, and then you can buy expansions to add, you know, to the games. You know, there's there's no searching for cards or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the most exciting things about the card game, you know, for me is, you know, being a magic player and lots of other games I've played. I, what always drove me crazy about that is just how much how much luck of the draw there's involved. And sometimes that's yeah. fun, but you know, with Scorriers I really wanted it to be closer to like a game of chess or even like a game of Warhammer where everything you have is kind of already in play and already exists. There's no random drawing, there's no hoping you get the right cards. It's just mm-hmm. build the best army play the best and you're going to win. And that, that's, that, that, that's what we've been working on for the last year, actually a year and a half now is trying to develop a game that, that, that works in. Very cool. And you so said, no have need to worry about getting, having to get that $60 score your card or anything. It's already there. No. Yeah, exactly. You'll get every card you need when you buy it. There'll of course be promo cards, full art cards, you know, full foil cards, chase cards, mm-hmm. things like that. But You'll, they'll just be, you know, variants of the regular cards you already have. So, you know, once once you buy a set of Scorier cards, you have everything you need you to build whatever tribe you want to, you know, you want to build. So, uh, is there any date was... for that to come out on the shelf yet? Uh, no, uh, we're planning on doing like a Kickstarter thing for it, but mm-hmm. I we really want to grind this into the ground before we even get to Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. We we don't want to have any surprises. We've been doing tons of testing. Uh, we ha- we were doing a lot of like live streams where we were playing the game and like talking to people that were watching the game. We kind of took a break from that from the last month or so because of holidays and everything. But uh, mid January we'll be back to doing live streams and discussing the game with people live and discovering little flaws and little problems and fixing them, you know, as we go along. So that once we get to Kickstarter, you know, I think we're going to have a real, real solid game that you know has been pretty polished for the most part. Uh-huh. Well, that's cool. I don't know why I can envision kind of like what you did in, we had in the 90s where you open up the comic book and there was that little cello packs in the staple that has a card inside of it. Oh, yeah. way ahead of you. Way <laughs> ahead of you. That, that, I can guarantee you that's happening. Oh, yeah, sweet. That was, that's cool. Yeah, that was, that was a thing. we had. I, I had actually discussed that with Devil's Due you know, before we were even developing the card game. Just as mm-hmm. we had first kind of like released our first issue, I was telling him, I was like, hey, I'm planning on making a card game. I'd like to put promo cards in the comics. You know, I'd like some, you know, and yeah, definitely doing all that stuff. That'll be fun. very cool. So you said you've been testing uh, the game and whatnot. What kind of reaction have you guys been getting from those that you guys have been kind of you know beta testing this on? Uh, it, you know, it's it, it's been it's it's all been good. Uh, good. I, I think that the biggest problem we've had is that we're now we're actually now doing what we're, we're what we're calling Scorriers 4.0. You know, we started with 1.0, and we tested that, and we had some alpha testing, and we kind of, that transitioned to 2, and to 2.5, and the 2.8, then 3, 3.2, and, you know, we kind of went through a lot of different forms of the game to kind of pick out what people liked, what people didn't like, what worked. Uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges that that I would always bring to the team while we were developing and doing things is, you know, th- this is a fun idea. This is a fun game. We like to play it. But is this Scorriers? When you sit down and play this, does it feel like it should be a Scorriers game, or could this just be any game? Does it even matter? And I, I really wanted to make sure it had the the identity of survival and the identity of really like needing your characters to be able to do different things and you know to have like the different strategies that would develop as if you were in a Scorriers comic. So it took us a while to get here, but 
I, I, I firmly believe now that we're there. It's just a matter of kind of brushing up mechanics, making sure we don't have any kind of crazy engines or loops in the game, you know, any kind of infinite combos that we missed. So that, that's really where we're at now. Oh, very cool. Awesome. So you said you were working on some other projects as well outside of the score ears and the, and the trading card game. Can you <clears throat> talk about those at all? Uh, a little bit, you know, I'm, I, just as a writer, obviously I've got a couple of different projects, all comic projects for the most part that I'm working on and have pitched to a couple of people, uh, a couple of things that my agent is pushing out in a few places. Nothing that I can really talk about because there's nothing that's too developed yet. Gotcha. Uh, but Hopefully, you know, I'm hoping this is going to be the year that my, you know, my writing library expands a little bit. You know, I definitely need to get a few more things out there. I've got a lot of, a lot of stories I want to tell, a lot of projects I want to work on, a lot of people I'd like to work with. And I'm hoping to, you know, get a few of these out here so I'm not just a complete one-trick pony. You know, I'd like to put a few other ideas out there and see what people think. Very cool. So you said you're, you're kind of big into pop culture as well. Um, so I got to ask how, what are your thoughts on all of the new, uh, movie trailers and things that have been coming out in regards to, uh, you know, the Spider-Man guardians of the galaxy, et cetera. I'm sure you probably up on that as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess, can you break that down into a more specific question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like, I mean, I guess I just mean, mean like, that. what, what are your, what are your overall thoughts? How excited are you for these upcoming? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, with Spider-Man, uh, I think the Spider-Man trailer looks great. I hate the ty- uh, the typography. <laughs> uh, I, I really, really hate it. I, I hate the colors. I hate the palette. I hate the the layout of the whole thing. It looks, again, kind of like some kind of bad design school project. You know, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, the, the trailer itself looked fun. I'm not a big superhero movie guy, but I'm sure I'll end up seeing that. Out of the ones you mentioned, I think I'm most interested in Guardians of the Galaxy just because I'm a yeah. James Gunn fan. You know, I, I'm I I imagine he's going to do something great and fun, and I'm excited for that. You know, Star Wars. I haven't seen Rogue One yet. I'm not super huge into Star Wars. You know, I mean, as a kid, obviously, it was like the most important thing in my life. But as an adult, I just kind of, I think there's just I think I'm just Star Warsed out. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you know, like. I just completely didn't care about, uh, you know, the, the one that came out last year. I eventually saw it. It was okay. Uh, I think I'm more interested in this one. I think Rogue One looks better than Force Awakens, but, you know, I'll kind of see it when I see it. I'm not in a big hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the big action superhero stuff is not, not usually what I get excited about anymore. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so um, growing up, you read comics, right? So what were some of the comics that you were into if you weren't necessarily always into a superhero idea? Well, red is a strong word. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you know, it, it's hard to like, I've, I've, I've explained it several times in interviews and things, but I, I honestly didn't read a lot of comics. I would look at a lot. I would go to the comic shop. I mean, almost every single day I would, you know, walk. It was about a mile from my house. Uh, I was so much more interested in like what I would do with the comics, if that makes sense. It's like I, I would look at these covers and I would I would get excited about these characters, but I was more excited about like what I would do with the characters, or I would see some kind of really cool cover or some really cool scene inside, and I would almost kind of like develop my own story. So it's like I, I had a buddy who was really into comics. He lived across the street and he knew every single guy from the X Men, everybody from Excalibur. He, he knew every single ability and every backstory. I didn't know anything. But I was fascinated of just how everything connected and all the things he knew. But I, I, I was I was more interested in just developing my own things. So I would when I would buy comics, I wouldn't, you know, go every Wednesday or whatever and get the next issue. I would get whatever looked cool, bring it home, and kind of write my own things while sort of using those as inspirations. I, I guess that's the best way to put that. But a more direct answer into the comics I did read that I liked. I was like a big James O'Barr fan. I loved all the crow stuff you know i was like really into that um yeah i liked punisher you know because he was just a dude and he just killed people you know he's just a badass and it's like again i wasn't really into the superhero aspect so i liked that he lived in kind of this superhero world but he was just this dude that kind of had to keep up with everybody by just being tough and just being smart and i really enjoyed that so those are a couple of things i liked you know growing up very cool 
have you uh, started dipping into any image titles? They seem right up your alley since they're not. Yeah, really I was going to say superhero. that. Uh, you know, like when 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 the whole image thing started going on. Oh, I guess early '90s, I think. You know, with Spawn and Wildcats and all this. Again, my 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 buddy across the street was just diehard Image everything. And when Image first kind of launched, you know, they were they they sort of took everything I didn't like about comics and really emphasized it. And it just seemed like it was <laughs> yeah. lots of these superhero teams that had too many sure, guys that yeah. could even fit on a cover and everybody was super huge and muscular. And it just seemed like all the comics were the same. So I was, I think I just kind of, you know, got a bad impression with image, not that they were doing anything wrong, but just that it wasn't really my thing. And I kind of carried over. So like, I, I don't really investigate too many image books. Uh, I, I would say like dark circle, uh, is more like what I'm into, like the uh, like Black Hood and the Archie stuff, um, the Fox, thing, like like those guys. Yeah, I, I like all the stuff they're doing. Oh, actually, this is, I guess, kind of scary for us. I have not officially booked a single show for 2017. I've got a whole lot of emails back and forth and a lot of things out there, but nothing official so yeah at the moment i I can't i can't tell you where we're going to be because we don't know yet we had a really full year last year i mean we we did two or three shows a month you know last year uh this year yeah i'm not not really haven't really booked anything so i guess uh book us yeah well i was gonna say if you're you're looking for something i know last year um i talked to you guys for a little bit last year at uh kansas city planet comic-con Yes. Um, which I don't know that that was a fun show. That was uh, that was a lot bigger, I think, than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, also this year, uh, we will all four guys will be at uh, NovaCon. It's their first year. It's in uh, Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Uh, so if you're looking for one, I, I'd recommend that one. It's gonna be their first year, and they've got some some pretty good guests so far lined up. So. I am open to pretty much anything. Uh, I love Planet Comic Con. We've been there three years in a row. You know, as, as long as Scorchers has been out, they've brought us out as guests every year. I'm hoping they bring us out again this year. Uh, I haven't actually talked to them. They, they usually like, book us through Devils Do, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't been in too close a contact with Devils Do because again, the holidays and everything, and mm-hmm. they're trying to get a bunch of stuff wrapped up, and we were trying to get Scorchers done, and now we're we're on the next issue. So I haven't talked to to the guys over there too much but hopefully that'll come together that that's one of our best shows and one of my favorite shows is doing planet comic i love hanging out afterwards down at the hotel with everybody and there's just a lot of a lot of good vibes a lot of great people there at that show yeah it was a fun show uh but yeah NovaCon, i'll look into that you know i don't know when you guys should send me a uh a contact name or something yeah we can definitely send you a name and email yeah. that's easy enough yep but yeah, that one's in July, uh, July twenty eighth to the thirtieth. And we've never done a show there in Virginia, so I would definitely be open to that. Yeah, right outside of DC, lots of historical stuff too. Fun. Yeah. Plus, we have uh, Tidewater Comic Con in Virginia as well. It's coming up pretty soon. Yep, that one's I think yeah. the week or two May. after Planet Comic Con. Yeah. You could do like a whole road trip and just hit them all. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great for us. I mean, I love I love getting on the road. I love doing shows, and that's you know that's where we sell the most comics. You know, we do so much through Diamond, but we do probably three times as much at shows. So, uh, show, shows are definitely where we shine, and that's where I think where we have the most fun. So I'm I'm into the tour. Very cool. So a little bit ago you had mentioned um, Archie. Were you meaning the afterlife with Archie and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Uh, yeah, uh, though I guess I think just as a general thing, I've kind of always sort of liked Archie stuff. You know, it was never like my favorite, but I always kind of like liked the idea of it. You know, I, I don't know, again, even as a kid. So when the afterlife with Archie thing came out, you know, this new, darker, scarier, you know, kind of, you know, edgier Archie. I was pretty excited about it, and I would say those are probably my two favorite books to read right now: is Afterlife with Archie and Sabrina. Though that oh, being yes. said, I, I I hardly ever get to read any books, so I am not even close to caught up on any of those things. Yeah. I've got probably two hundred books sitting here that I'd like to read that I haven't yet. 
Yeah, those ones are absolutely incredible. I'm a huge fan of both of those titles myself. Um, I know you said you haven't really had a chance to read them all, but have you had a chance to see the variant covers for uh, for the diff- for um, well Archie and Sabrina both? They each will have like the horror movie um, co- variant covers. Oh yeah, I, I own probably every book that's come out. I just haven't read it yet. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I I collect them all. I order them when I see them online. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of stores that, you know, usually will hold the different versions for me and things like that. So I own all the books. I just haven't read them. Oh, right all right. Well, hey, well, then I think that leads into a perfect question that we usually ask everybody. But uh, what's in your pool list then? Uh, well, I guess it is that. I mean, I, I, I technically don't have a pull list. Uh, the, the books right now that I've been trying to keep up with, uh, it, it was uh, obviously Sabrina, Afterlife with Archie, uh, Black Hood, uh, The Fox, The Shield, um, Scar- the Scarlet Witch series that came out. I'm not even sure if it's still going. I think I got about three issues read into it, and I think I have up to like issue eight or something. Uh, I was having fun with the Starfire series that came out, though, again, I think that ended as far as I've known, but I, I haven't finished it up. So I like the Starfire thing. Um, I'm missing something else that I usually get, but I can't remember. Scarlet Witch, the Dark Circle stuff. Um, Rocky Raccoon? Star- no. <laughs> Raccoon. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, I was, I was reading, like, uh, I think it was, like, was it Gotham Knights or something? Or, no, Gotham Academy. I was reading that for a little bit. But, but again, just couldn't keep up with the books. Uh, also, there was uh, Haro County. I, I bought a bunch of books for I haven't read too far into it. I got like two issues in, and I've got, I don't know, I think five or six of them sitting here that I haven't read. <laughs> I feel you. I'm backed up on the uh, Scarlet Witch myself. I was collecting that whole series for a while, and I don't know what it was, but I just like took a break from it and I just haven't gotten back into it. But it, yeah, I, as far as I know, it's still going. So yeah, I, I keep buying the issues, you know, when, when I, when I think about it, you usually at shows or something, you know, when I get a chance to kind of get up and walk around, I'll find a place that's got some books and, you know, I'll pick them up. Uh, sometimes I try to get some like older issues. Like I picked up like a first appearance of star Lord. <sighs> I picked up a first appearance of Harley Quinn, Batman Very adventures, cool. 22, uh, so there's a couple of like kind of key issues that I like to pick up and kind of collect. First, uh, Poison Ivy I picked up a couple months ago, so I, I mix it up. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so one last question I have about Archie. I'm just curious on this. Um, so being a, just a, in general an Archie fan, have you heard or seen anything about the upcoming Riverdale show on CW? Uh, I have heard of it, and I keep seeing like like youtube videos and things like on facebook where people are sharing it and yeah. i have not actually got to like watch any of them uh and yeah. i guess you tell me does it look cool oh i don't know i was i have i'm afraid to watch it to be honest i'm afraid to watch like the trailers for it i don't know um it looks kind of i don't know cwized i guess i don't know i don't know how i feel about it from what i've seen it That's- just it looks I don't know. I guess we'll see. I've been wrong before. Um, that, that's, that was kind of the impression I got from just the the little, you know, snapshot images yeah. <laughs> you know, that I saw on there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see what it is. Uh, you know, I haven't really looked into it because I'm not expecting too much. And I kind of had the same opinion that, yeah, it's going to be, you know, another Pretty Little Liars or something yes, like that. Something yes, I'm probably exactly. not going to care about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Archie looks a little too handsome, in my opinion, for the show. I'm just kind of like, ah, it's not really Archie. But I don't know. Like I said, I've been wrong before, so who knows. But, yeah, so I was just curious if you had seen anything about that yet. I am aware of it. Well, fingers crossed that it's actually good. Yeah, I will definitely take a look at it once it gets rolling. But, again, yeah, I'm not not expecting a whole lot. And that's another thing that I've got, you know, I've – full plate of is just you know how many tv shows and movies that are in my queue that i'd like to watch and god knows where that'll end up yeah (laughs) there's a lot of other things i have to watch before i get to that agreed now um for any of our listeners that may be interested in you know starting to write their own comic or getting stuff published um is there any sort of tips you can give them on breaking into the industry uh, especially if they have no you know credentials or anything to show off 
I was hoping you guys would help me break into the industry. <laughs> uh, I was going to say you did get lucky with Devil's Do. They're pretty cool. Uh, I, 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 I hate to call it luck, but uh, we, I, I guess it was pretty lucky because with, you know, with, with Devil's Do, you know, all we had was Scorriers, and with Scorriers, all we had was a Facebook page and one image. You know, we had no story. We had no nothing else to show for it. We just kind of posted that. You know, this image that we brought to C2E2, we just made a poster. We just wanted one other thing to sell at Ashley's table, so we made the Scorriers poster. Uh, but, you know, a couple of days after we put a Facebook page up, we had three different publishers message us, like, hey, we want that book. <laughs> and it wasn't even a book yet. So we, I, I kind of had to do everything backwards by developing a book as it kind of went along. We had already signed on for a three-year deal with... Uh, with Devil's Due, and I hadn't put a single word down on paper that there wasn't even <laughs> names for characters yet. Uh, so yeah, wow. I don't know if I'm the I don't know if I'm the best guy to say like, you know, what you got to do to get in. I, I guess I did get kind of lucky. Uh, it, it's funny because obviously I get a lot of people you know asking me that or you know wanting me to read something they wrote or I, really I get a lot of people bringing me portfolios to look at their art for some reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I have a pretty good eye, you know, working with Ashley, you know, I do a lot of art direction with her. I mean, we pretty much do everything together, even her, uh, you know, the variants that she's done, you know, Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad, and yes, she just did Dr. Aphra, yeah. Street Fighter, and she's done, like, a lot of things. It's like, you know, even those people usually don't know, but it's like, we work on those together, you know, I, I we usually work on a concept together, and I kind of, you know, she does all the hard labor of making it look gorgeous, but we kind of, you know, put the ideas together, uh, but yeah, as far as getting into the industry, I don't know. I'm still trying to get, still trying to like you know get my name someplace. <laughs> I'll let you guys know when I get there. Well, there I will the... say your writing is really good. I enjoy Squarriors a lot. When I first picked it up, my obviously my eye immediately went to the art, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And uh, so when I finally actually got around to reading it, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was like, "Ah, we'll see what happens." I I didn't know what to expect really. And I got to reading it, and by the third issue, I was hooked. Like, I got done with the fifth issue, and I was like, oh, when's the sixth one coming out? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it comes out in August. Cool. And then I yeah. go look, and I'm like, oh, it's not out yet. Yeah, what sure happened? But, but no, like, I'm hooked. Uh, your writing is, is top-notch, sir. Like, it's it's really, really good, and it's I'm thoroughly, really, really, really enjoying this book. And I hope that it continues, you know... Um, forever, you know, so to speak. So, like I said, well done. Very well done. Those are kind words, and thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, that was, you know, probably one of the scariest things about doing Scorriers is that, you know, I do, I have to somehow write something that's worthy to go with Ashley's artwork, <laughs> you know, because it's like, what a disappointment that would be. You know, you have this gorgeous, beautiful book, and you open it up, and it's just, what the fuck am I reading right now? <laughs> you know, it's just, and it's like, and, you know, and that looks bad on Ashley. You know, it's like I don't want to mess up Ashley's, you know, career, you know, her things. I would hate people to look at Scorriers and be like, oh, yeah, Ashley's a really great artist, but why did she do Scorriers? Oh, what a bunch of garbage. And, you know, that was, <laughs> you know, the, the thing that's always sitting in the back of my mind is that, you know, it's got to be the best I can do because, you know, it is Ashley's names on the line. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, too, the, uh, the other thing that I'm really enjoying about the book and the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is um, in the beginning of every issue – there's a flashback, you know, to 1986 with the with the humans and whatnot, and uh, so you kind of get like a little bit of backstory to like what seems to be this family. Just just a hint, not a lot, just a little bit though. Just a hint, just yeah, a taste, just a, just a taste of what's to come, and then you get that each. So like, I'm really invested in like this family now too. So like, my thought is, well, what exactly happened? Because it's you're not just showing you know humans in 86 you're sh you're specifically showing this family and like this little boy and his father and his mom and so i'm wondering what the big flash is you know and i'm i i can't wait to find out so that's why i'm like <laughs> let's get these books going i really want to see what happens next that's good that means it's working uh oh very this much is so. funny I, I think in almost every like podcast we've done you know it gets brought up that people are really excited about the human story and then I always end up telling them, and you guys might have heard this before, but it's funny because when I gave the first script over to Devil's Due to like let them know, like, hey, we got started, here's the script, here's what's up, uh, they actually didn't want the human stuff in there. 
You know, oh, that when, when, a mistake. <laughs> when they got it, you know, they were, they were kind of like, oh, you know, we were ex- expecting just, you know, a bunch of squirrels fighting. They're like, yeah, can't we just get straight to that? Let's just, let's just get squirrels fighting and killing each other. That's what, that's going to be what sells the book. You know, we weren't really expecting like this big epic tale and everything. And, you know, I did, I had to kind of convince them and let them, you I guess, let me do it kind of my way, you know, and just kind of had to have them trust me that, no, you know, the, the human story is going to be really interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be kind of, you know, what I think is really going to be what draws you in every single time mm-hmm. is, you know, to start out with that. All right. Where, where are we at now? You know, what happened? Where's the humans? You know, that's the connection, obviously, you know, we're, we're humans. <laughs> we're going to connect with, you know, what happened before all these, you know, other beings took over our planet. Uh, yeah, but I, I think it's funny because, you know, I, I really had to convince Devils Do that having the human story was going to be something worthwhile in the book. And luckily it turned out to be one of the things everybody, you know, ends up asking about, you know, the, yeah, we love Scorriers, but man, are we really into the the, you know, the human story that's going on? And so that, that that's good. I'm glad that worked. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely worked. And like I said, I'm I'm really invested in that one. Um, now, in one of the issues, it looks like, are there still, like, maybe you can't tell this yet, I don't know, but it looked like there might have been um, still some some humans maybe still around, because, like, there was, like, a, like, they were in, like, this area, a cave or something, it said, like, oh, it's the creators, and it looked like just a bunch of, like, really frail, nasty-looking mutant humans just kind of curled up in a ball, so to speak. Well, and I, I know what you're talking about, um... I don't know. I can dream slash hallucination. Yeah, I wasn't real. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be the best thing. The best answer I can give you is just to kind of go back and take a look at that scene again, and I think you'd figure it out for yourself without me putting out too much out there that might (laughs) hint to other things I don't want hinted at. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I do enjoy the whole squirrel aspect again. Just being a big fan of squirrels wins me over, especially when you're giving them bows and arrows and. uh game of thrones type political hierarchy battles and all these different sectors of them sort of trying to find peace and colonizing and moving from one place to it's just great it's uh it's my kind of fantasy with my favorite little rodent um cute rodent i think we're right on the same page then (laughs) because yeah that that was that was my thing you know i wanted something with squirrels you know these guys are so cool and you know they People hate squirrels for some reason. <laughs> it's like we gotta change that. I want to give people you know something else to look at, you know, something else to think about when they see these animals. And we have we've won over a lot of people. I've had a lot of people come to shows, and you know, I've never looked at animals this way before. And, you know, I've got this new interest and this new love for all these little woodland creatures. And I don't know. I think that does something good for the animals in some kind of small little way. I don't know. Absolutely. I like to think so. Um, this is kind of an obscure question, but. The four of us were talking about, um, I guess, other books we may have read or stuff that sort of had the same theme of animals doing human-esque kind of things. And Scorriers really reminded me of this, um, maybe obscure, but I know I read this when I was younger. Um, It was sort of, I think it was called Redwall or something. It was like mice uh, that were basically knights and they built like little kingdoms and stuff. And it was like super high fantasy, and they were having these epic battles with swords. It was a series of novels. Um, I know Rusty had mentioned something as well um, something that it reminded him of. Oh, yeah. Um, it reminds me kind of of uh, Watership Down a little bit. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Uh, I'm very familiar with Watership Down. That's actually one of Ashley's favorite books and favorite movies. Uh, I think more of my inspiration came from like Secret of Nim. That was like really big for me as a kid. Love I love that. I love Secret of Nim. I still have uh, my metal Secret of Nim lunchbox from a, from when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, I, I it, it, again, it's funny. You know, until until we were already putting out the first issue, you know, I I I, I just wasn't you know my my finger was not on the pulse of the industry, so I did not know of Redwall. I did not know of uh, some of these other ones, Mouse Guard. Uh, is another one people right, bring up. Yeah. Um, Mice Templar is another one. Uh, so yeah, I was not familiar with Redwall, you know, before I'd done this. Though I've become very, very familiar with it since then. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I get lots of people who come up and and they do. They kind of actually, I guess it's kind of a good thing. They tell me that like they really loved Redwall as a kid, and now they like Scorriers as kind of like their adult version. You know, that it kind of brings back the nostalgia of this 
other thing that they liked that they could they can now enjoy in a different way as an adult. Yeah. So I, I guess it's good. I'm not very familiar with the story of it or anything, but I'm very familiar with the name. <laughs> I've I've heard it many times at shows, and you know many you know friends and fans have come up talking about that. So I've heard of it. I'm familiar with it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> um, that also reminds me, for any parents listening, thinking, oh, it's a book about squirrels fighting with swords and stuff. Um, this is definitely not something to give to your younger kids just because it has squirrels in it. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, this it's... is very much an adult book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we certainly have a range of fans. You know, Obviously, it's like I think parents kind of know their kids well enough to to oh, know yeah. if they can if they can handle something like Squarriors because you know it is violent. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, it it is it is pretty violent and pretty bloody, but it's not necessarily like you know. Obviously, there's no I don't know. I guess the other side of the coin, you know, there's no sex, so to speak. You know, there's no titties flopping around. You know, it's just <laughs> it's it, it's squirrels. You know, it, it's I don't know. We we have some younger fans, and I think that again, if you know your kids well enough, you know if they can handle it. It's no worse than some of the other stuff they're already watching on TV. Yeah, so any video yeah, games really. True. Or yeah, no video games. Yeah, if, if they're already playing Five Nights at Freddy's, they can probably handle Squirters. <laughs> all yeah. the God of War games <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. Ash, thank you very much for coming on tonight and discussing Squirters with us. It has been fantastic, and hopefully uh, we'll see you at some cons. Maybe I'll see you again at uh, Kansas City, or hopefully you guys make out to Virginia and we can all kind of hang out and have a beer or something together. I, I would love that, definitely. Hopefully yeah. you see you in Kansas City. Send me some info on the Virginia show, uh, the Nova Already Con, done. And- Sorry, All right, no. awesome. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, I appreciate that you picked up the book and that you support the book. That means a lot, especially for a, you know a small book like Scorriers. You know, I, we do. We really appreciate it. I don't say that just you know because that's the thing to say. I mean, that's where we truly mean it. That's the only reason we can do this book. So, thank you, guys. Oh, thank you, and thank definitely looking forward to the next issue. All right, thanks, fellas. Take it easy. Did you know? If you play back the podcast in reverse, it sounds like a Led Zeppelin song. Happy New Year, and thanks for joining us. We want to know what you're looking forward to in the new year. Is there an awesome team-up you're dreaming of? Or maybe that one favorite artist-writer team-up? Let us know now on social media. On Twitter, at the number four guys in a comic, and on Facebook, keyword four guys in a comic. Don't forget the four guys hotline at 682-4-A-COMIC. That's 682-422-6642. Every fourth caller gets a free autograph photo of Nova.